0: This episode is brought to you by OneSkin, which is my go-to for skincare no matter the weather. Because unlike other products that you need to change up with the seasons, OneSkin products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1, which reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells. Basically, instead of masking the issues, OneSkin addresses them at a cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. For a limited time, Birthful listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code BIRTHFUL when you check out at oneskin.co. And I 100% recommend One Skin. Not only does it make my skin feel, act, and appear younger, but friends that I haven't seen for a while are taking notice and asking, what are you doing to your skin? It is that good. And I also love their expanding line. On a day-to-day basis, I use One Skin Prep to wash my face, then I apply their OS1i topical supplement around my eyes and their OS1 face on my face and neck. Or if I know I'm going to be out in the sun for a while, then I use their OS1 Shield, which has an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging and repairs cellular aging all at once. Easy peasy. Get started today with 15% off using code BIRTHFUL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code BIRTHFUL. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them BIRTHFUL sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with OneSkin. I'm a huge fan of preparation and prevention, and one of the most impactful and immediate ways to influence maternal and infant health is through nourishing nutrition. But honestly, when was the last time any of your providers had a meaningful conversation with you about eating habits and prenatal supplements? Prioritizing nutrition can truly change perinatal health for the better, which is why when talking about prenatal supplements, I'm proud to partner with Needed. They've redesigned the prenatal vitamin from the ground up based on the latest clinical research and in-practice experience of testing thousands of pregnant people's nutrient levels to know what they actually needed, not just to meet some bare minimum needs. And what I always tell my clients is that even though they're called prenatal vitamins, you should continue to take supplements during postpartum and beyond because your body still needs so much nutritional support. I love that at Needed, they understand this and have different plans to make it easy for you to meet your optimal micronutrient, microbiome, and protein needs. They have a fertility support plan, a plan for each of the four trimesters, and a lactation support plan, just to name a few. Needed is recommended by nearly 4,000 doctors, midwives, doulas, and nutritionists, and is proud to be the first perinatal nutrition company that's B Corp and climate-neutral certified. Welcome to The Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're going to be talking about breastfeeding your newborn. Many people start out planning to breastfeed, but only about two in five are still exclusively breastfeeding after three months. I'll be talking with none other than Dr. Jack Newman on what to expect, what to avoid, and when to ask for help to get breastfeeding off to a good start. Stay tuned. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros and new parents to inform your intuition. Hello, mighty parents and parents to be. Thanks again for all the love you give the show. And if you like what you hear, you know what to do. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, I'm so happy to have Canadian pediatrician and renowned breastfeeding expert, Dr. Jack Newman, on the show. And Dr. Newman has traveled the world. He's seen how breastfeeding works in all sorts of places, including Asia and Africa and South America. And his breastfeeding clinic, the International Breastfeeding Center in Toronto, has been using novel and successful methods to help. Mothers succeed in their wishes to make breastfeeding joyful, pain-free, and relaxing. And that's really, truly the ideal of breastfeeding, joyful, pain-free, and relaxing. His website is filled with the most amazing resources and free breastfeeding videos where you can check out, like, say, the difference between a baby that is eating well at the breast and another one that is more of a nibbler and isn't getting that much or what a really good latch looks like. It is a fantastic resource. Jack has also written articles or given talk on possibly anything that may affect breastfeeding. And his most recent book is called Breastfeeding, Empowering Parents, And it's actually an interactive book available on Kindle. There's a paper version too, but the one on Kindle lets you go super in-depth with interactive links. So his previous book, written with Teresa Pittman and updated in 2014, is called Dr. Jack Newman's Guide to Breastfeeding. And that one's on the recommended resources list that I give my doula clients. So this episode is one that I felt definitely needed to be renewed because, frankly, Dr. Newman is a wealth of information and it's great to hear what he has to say. Um, But also because I wanted to make sure we updated it with one thing that we didn't talk when we originally recorded. And that is something that Dr. Newman is giving more attention to recently, which is the importance of an asymmetrical latch. So an asymmetrical latch is one where the chin of the baby is touching the breast, but the nose isn't really touching the breast. So the reason for this is that an asymmetrical latch allows for better stimulation to the breast from the baby's lower gums and tongue, which not only provides a great latch and better milk transfer, but can also help lessen the chances of a late onset of decreased milk supply Um, so it's not only it not only sets you up with a great latch but also helps avoid future problems and it's just one more little thing to notice but we didn't mention that in the first episode when we or in this episode when we first recorded so make sure you check out the show notes for updated links that give you more information on this asymmetrical latch and links to the videos and all the good stuff all right let's get to it jack welcome to the show
1: Thank you very much. It's good to be here.
0: It's so good, good to have you here. So I figured we'd talk about breastfeeding today, breastfeeding newborns. and I, But I'd like to backtrack a bit and start when moms are still pregnant. Like, What are ways for pregnant, pregnant moms to prepare for breastfeeding, to have a successful breastfeeding relationship?
1: Well, Andrea, I think it's very, very important that mothers get good information about how to get started with breastfeeding because those first few days after the baby is born are extremely important. And unfortunately, um, most uh, hospitals in North America, in fact around the world, uh, do not really support breastfeeding in the way that it should be done. Uh, Too much emphasis is based on uh, weights of the babies, uh, that sort of thing, and too many of the people that work with mothers in the first few days really don't know very much about breastfeeding so it's up to the mother i'm afraid to get the information that they need to help them understand how breastfeeding works that breastfeeding is not uh, uh, bottle feeding through a different sort of bottle that uh, is attached to your chest but is something completely different and so But the idea that breastfeeding is, uh, well, just bottle feeding uh, in a different way uh, has got to go out the window, and the mothers need to get this information. And unfortunately, the uh, people, including the uh, nurses and the lactation consultants, all too often, I'm afraid, and even the uh, pediatricians and neonatologists really don't understand breastfeeding, and they often, too often, lead the mothers the wrong way.
0: And I hear that a lot as a doula from um, my doula clients when I see them postpartum, how one nurse or one, and that they did see the lactation consultant and everybody gave them a different information and a different, you know, suggestion.
1: Well, if everybody's giving different information, then somebody has to be wrong. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that somebody is right.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It leads to a lot of confusion. Absolutely. So you mentioned that...
1: Go ahead. No, 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 absolutely. That's right. The mothers are confused. They don't know who to believe. Why should they believe this particular person uh, rather than somebody else? And so they are, uh, they are often stuck there with information. And too often, well, if you don't give the baby uh, the formula, the baby will be dehydrated and will have to send them to the NICU. And, you know, scare tactics are used very, very frequently in very many hospitals.
0: So many, so you mentioned that um the breastfeeding relationship at the beginning with the people that support moms are not supporting them for, uh, not, that support is not giving proper support is not given. How should it be supported? What does good support look like?
1: Well, I think that the first thing is that uh if the mother is concerned about anything, somebody should be there to help her. Uh, And I think that somebody should be there uh, to watch the baby at the breast. Uh, Somebody who knows what to watch for should be there to watch the baby at the breast. Because even if things seem to be going okay, they aren't always. Uh, And uh, the mother just needs to know, here's how I know my baby's getting milk. And if the mother knows how to know a baby's getting milk, so much is uh, overcome. Uh we have video clips on our website that show even a ten day ten hour old baby uh breastfeeding and getting milk from the breast and how to know that. And unfortunately uh in hospital too many uh mothers uh are just being told, well, your baby's lost X percent of the birth weight, so we have to give the baby formula, which is not the way to do it. One needs to be watched if a mother has any sort of problem, if a mother has sore nipples, Somebody should be there helping her with the way the baby is latching on, because breastfeeding should not hurt. So a mother needs help, and then she needs help right away. And the red light is, I'm sore, the baby is spending hours on the breast, the baby is always crying every time I take the baby off the breast, and if that happens even within a few hours after birth, that should be looked into by somebody who knows what they're doing. One of the most important things that needs to be done in the immediate postpartum period, immediately after the baby is born, that baby should be dried and put onto the mother's abdomen, skin to skin, and the baby should be allowed to crawl up to the breast and latch on all by itself. And if that happens, and it won't always happen, that's true, because uh, many, so many mothers get medications during the labor and birth and so on, uh, but if that baby crawls up to the breast and latches on all by himself, There's chances. chances are that there will be no problems with the breastfeeding from then on. And this is something that is miraculous, to watch a baby crawl up to the breast and latch on all by himself. This is something that no mother should be prevented from seeing because it's amazing. I think I went off uh, on a tangent there a little bit, did I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what? I like that you... Um, mention that because constantly we hear the importance of from different angles and different professionals of skin to skin and letting the baby do the guiding. We did a, a show with um, Addie Sandink specifically on laid back breastfeeding. That was, you know, all about that, which was really great. Um, so, yes, that. It's sometimes so hard to do because people want to intervene and want to rub and want to touch and want to adjust and want to move that poor baby. Exactly,
1: and uh, and and it's not necessary most of the time. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we are still mammals, meaning uh, that you know we're related to moose and uh, uh, and seals and uh, uh, elephants, and uh, you know, in the wild, if a baby mammal doesn't latch on all by himself, uh, well. They've got to do it, don't they? If they don't do it, then they will die. And so mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's something that we have inherited. We're just because we're at the top of the uh, evolutionary scale doesn't mean that uh, we are no longer mammals. And our babies should be able to do that.
0: They, and they do. And we they just, do. so We That's just right. need to let them. Yeah. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths per day? That is so many breaths. Now, according to the EPA, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to a 100 times more polluted. So then what is the solution for cleaner indoor air? For me, it's Air Doctor and their line of superb air purifiers that have captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and many more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes all kinds of pollutants, such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that can make you sick. Plus, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BIRTHFALL to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And exclusive to podcast listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O. Dot .com so com and use the promo code birthful. And we're back talking with Dr. Jack Newman. So Jack, you mentioned you have videos on how to know if a baby's getting enough milk. Can you describe that a little bit or that can you how can a mom know? I know this is radio or this is audio and we can't, you know, show people how um, but can you describe that a little bit?
1: Well, okay. I mean, it's, it's actually, once you've seen it, uh, then it's obvious. And uh, that's why the, we put on our videos, uh, I, on our website, we, uh, the first video actually shows a one-month-old baby who is drinking very well. And that's the name of that video, uh, drinking very well or very good drinking or something like that. And it shows that as the baby opens his mouth to the maximum, there is a pause. And then the baby closes. So one suck is open, pause, close. And you can see that in the baby's chin. And once the mother knows that, she can figure out what it looks like when the baby is, say, only, you know, five hours old, say. And sure. The reason it's not so obvious in a five-hour-old baby is because there's a lot less milk in the first few days. And that's the way it's supposed to be, by the way. And this is a perfect example of how we use bottle feeding as our model of normal. We say, well, you know, the baby uh, would take fifteen you know, half an ounce of, uh, uh, of formula if we gave it to him, and that means there's not enough milk. No, 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 we are overfeeding babies in the first few days because we think that they need it, but they don't. What they need is to be at the breast and bring in that milk. And anyway, at five hours, the pause is much shorter. But if you look carefully for it, if you know what to look for, you can see it. And if a baby is doing that, then the baby is getting milk. And if the baby is doing it well, then the baby will be fine at the breast with getting only those small amounts of colostrum that the baby needs.
0: Because their stomach is also so tiny at that point.
1: Well, we don't know exactly why uh, nature made it so that, uh, you know, there's very little milk in the first few days. But that's fine. I mean, let's uh, trust nature. Let's trust our bodies. And, uh, you know, not go the way of, oh, we can do it better because we're smarter.
0: We're smarter than nature. Yeah, no, no. We we meddle with it way too much. (laughs) So, okay, say a mom is is having pain is having some sore nipples um the baby's wanting to eat all the time and it is fussy and crying what can be going on or what should moms be on the lookout for or try to do to change that
1: okay well the first thing is that the baby is probably not getting a good latch <laughs> and there are many reasons for babies not getting good latches i mean one is just the, simply the technique Uh, You know, I mean, what happened in the old days? I mean, you know, mothers don't have to latch on babies the way we teach it. And by the way, we teach it differently than most other lactation consultants, uh, most other people. And I think our approach works better much of the time. Uh, I wouldn't say all the time, but I would say much of the time. And uh, you can see that uh, technique on our website again. Uh, But the thing is, that if the baby has a tongue tie, for example, and there are lots of babies that have tongue ties, then the babies will uh, you know, cause the mother pain and the babies won't get milk well from the breast. Once the milk comes in and the milk is abundant, then uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just, uh, uh, you know, the baby doesn't have to have a good latch, uh, although the mother may still have sore nipples. But lots of mothers have breastfed babies with uh, latches that I call suboptimal, and uh, they still do okay because most mothers, if everything goes the way it should, most mothers, the vast majority of mothers, will produce all the milk the baby needs. Most of the causes of not enough milk are not due to the fact that the mother is not able to produce enough milk, but due to the fact that we mess her up, uh, give her bad advice, teach her stuff that she shouldn't uh, uh, you know, really listen to. So, for example, nipple shields. I mean, I hate nipple shields. I know that people think that it save their breastfeeding in some situations, but to tell you the truth, there's nothing that a nipple shield does that good technique and good help won't do. And that's why I feel that the nipple shields should actually be banned. I think they're a dangerous product because many babies end up failing to thrive because the babies who are on a nipple shield don't latch on properly. They don't get milk well, and they end up with the mother not getting enough milk.
0: Mm-hmm. It affects the I think relationship. I, went
1: on a, I think I went off on another tangent um,
0: But yeah. i got to tell you, I love your tangents because you give us so much information in them and bring up these things, you know, because nipple shield, yes. Yeah. So that's something I see often, and, and it's, it's like the go-to to solution almost is the easy go-to fix here have a nipple shield and this this will work and and then moms have to have this thing that's in the middle of their relationship that they have to figure out how to you know deal with it or get rid of it and it's another obstacle
1: it is another obstacle and the problem with it is because it decreases the milk that the baby gets uh it makes it even harder to get the baby off that nipple shield And as I say, there's no uh, reason that I have ever run across where a nipple shield is the best answer. If we can get in there and help the mother with the latching on of the baby, uh, if we can help the mother uh, deal with sore nipples, whatever the cause, then we can get rid of those nipple shields. And even some of the biggest advocates of nipple shields will say that nipple shields, for example, are not the answer for sore nipples. I also think that they're not the uh, the answer for a baby who's refusing to take the breast. I don't think it's the answer for the for premature babies. Uh, although there's supposed data that they are good for uh, uh, for premature babies, but I don't agree. I think that the nipple shield is the wrong answer for the premature baby, uh, and unfortunately, it's being used uh, almost like uh, you know water. To give the baby some water,
0: mm-hmm. but it's not. No. So, and you've mentioned a couple of times the birth weight. So can we talk a little bit about this obsession with birth weight? What, what is actually normal and what should be expected? Because there is an, again, an obsession with your baby's lost two ounces, you've gained two ounces, you lost it again. That just gives moms lots of guilt and worry.
1: Well, exactly, I think the problem is that uh, uh basing especially if we're talking about the first few days, basing uh, uh you know the adequacy of breastfeeding on uh, the baby's uh, weight loss is completely, completely useless and wrong and causes mothers' problems. The vast majority of women, we have to admit, in North America deliver babies in hospital and the vast majority of those mothers also uh receive lots of iv fluids uh during the labor and birth and what that means is that the babies are the mothers are born overhydrated uh, sorry are giving birth and they end up being overhydrated right they um, uh mothers often are have big swollen ankles big swollen fingers and they also have uh, extra fluid on board because of all that fluid and the baby also got a lot of fluid so he's born ev- extra heavy and when he's born he pees out that uh, extra fluid and of course then he loses weight and so basing uh, uh, basing uh, the adequacy of breastfeeding strictly on uh, the baby's uh, weight loss is already a hazardous thing to do because those babies are losing weight simply because they're peeing and there are other issues as well and one of those issues is that the baby is born usually in a delivery room where there's one scale and then they go to postpartum where there's another scale and the problem there is that when you weigh babies on two different scales it's not accurate Uh, you cannot compare two different scales so that for example we have on our over our scale in our breastfeeding clinic we have a photo of a baby who was weighed on one scale and weighed on another scale within a minute, and there's, all, there's 12 ounces difference between those two scales. And uh, I put that up on our Facebook, and uh, if you know, people wanted to look at that uh, particular photo or those two photos then they can go to our website, our Facebook page, and it's just there. And we have to remember that the scale is not the Word of God. It's made by men and women, and it's uh, not always accurate, and it often hasn't been calibrated properly or hasn't recently been calibrated. But on top of that, on top of that, we have... Uh, the problem of the mother being overhydrated. So not only are her ankles often swollen and her fingers often swollen, but so are her nipples and areolas. And so the baby has difficulty latching on. So there may actually be a problem. It's not just a problem of the scale or the fact that the mother's gotten so much fluid and therefore the baby pees it off. I mean... Uh, there is also the problem that the baby may not be latching on well. And so the mother gets sore nipples or the baby refuses to latch on or the baby latches on in such a way that uh, not only does the mother have sore nipples, but the baby's not getting the colostrum. And so we really, really have to do something. Uh, and I think the answer is uh, that uh, we need to avoid uh, uh, you know, too many interventions uh, during labor and birth. I mean, I'm not saying that every mother should uh, uh, be able to, uh, you know, birth her baby uh, uh, without any interventions or pain relief or whatever. But, you know, many mothers could do it if they had the support. And the fewer the interventions, the more likely the baby is to get started with breastfeeding really, really well. Another tangent.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> They're so important, though. And it sets me up for a great place to stop to take a break we'll be right back hey mighty one as you approach the journey into birth and parenthood now is the perfect time to make your home a serene and nurturing haven with the help of home threads at home threads you'll discover furniture designed for comfort and functionality from cozy nursing chairs to versatile baby friendly storage as well as a super wide array of options to spruce up any room in your house Home threads can help make your home the perfect nest for your growing family and at a great value. I so appreciate that wide range of styles that you can find at Home Threads. For example, I was ecstatic when I found a pair of truly stunning mid century curved walnut dining chairs that somehow perfectly match my home office chair. I mean, what are the chances? These chairs are not only gorgeous in their light green upholstery, but also super sturdy and just so comfortable. I simply adore them. Explore the amazing finds HomeThreads has waiting for you. Go to HomeThreads.com birthful and get a code for 15% off your first order. Do make sure to go to our unique URL of homethreads.com/birthful to get your discount. Home Threads, love where you live. And we're back talking about breastfeeding your newborn with Dr. Jack Newman. So, I'm curious because a lot of moms are getting all this extra fluid and babies are having, so you have that situation, extra fluid and babies are having a difficulty latching on because of swelling in the breasts and the areola. What is a mom to do?
1: Well, it's uh, it's the first thing is to, if, if she does not feel, she's got the information, she knows when a baby is well latched on and when the baby's actually getting milk from the breast and she feels that's not happening, she should be able to get help from the staff on the postpartum ward and that's where our whole system fails because even if the mother is aware of what's going on the mother often doesn't get the help that she needs and I think that uh, what really needs to be done is the mothers have to put in the extra effort and unfortunately the extra money and say look Uh, I want to birth with a doula. That's a plug for you, but I agree with you. And also with somebody who really knows about breastfeeding, and that does not come from hospital staff. Even lactation consultants in, in hospitals sometimes are sort of stymied by the uh, policies that the pediatricians who know nothing about breastfeeding and other staff who often don't know much about breastfeeding, they put these policies in place. And, they, and the lactation consultant, even if she really knows what she's doing, which I have to say is not a lot of the time, but even if she knows what she's doing, she's stymied by these policies that say, oh, the baby lost 10% of his birth weight. We have to supplement. And so she goes out on a limb to uh, to, uh um, uh, to help that mother because she can't, because now she's got to give the baby formula. And that's according to the policy. So if I were a woman who, were, who 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 felt that she had to deliver a baby in hospital, I would hire a doula and I would hire a lactation consultant who really knows what they're doing. The question, of course, is how do you know they know what they're doing? It's a very, very difficult problem to know.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have a list of, like, is there a website where people can go to see recommended... Uh, lactation consultants that do know what they're talking about? Or what it is a problem, well, it's but not what easy. can they do?
1: It's, well, I mean it's easier for us in Toronto because uh, uh, you know, we have a list of recommended lactation consultants who will visit the mother in the Toronto area. I mean, but we can't know who is good in Rochester or San Francisco or uh, Berlin because Unless you actually watch a lactation consultant work, you don't know what they know and how they do things and how good they are. I mean, they, you know, we know, for example, that such and such a lactation consultant in Chicago, um, you know, says all the right things. But saying all the right things is not the same as technique. I mean, you can have, uh, da, uh, I don't know, let's say a neurosurgeon uh, who is, you know, top-notch. And you can have another neurosurgeon who uh, says, you know, I do the same thing as uh, Mr. Top-Notch Neurosurgeon, but that's not the same as operating on the table. So, uh, yes, it's a real problem, and I think that the problem lies with uh, Ilka and uh, Ibelsi uh, these are the uh these are the organizations that deal with uh, you know that uh, license and teach uh, lactation consultants and I don't think they're teaching them it's too there's there's a real problem there and in fact uh ilca itself has a policy that ten percent weight loss means that the baby's not getting enough and I so disagree with that
0: what would you when do you or what not, I guess not specific to weight, but what makes you alarm like what? not just 10% weight loss, but what makes you think, hey, no, we do actually do have a real big problem here that needs to be addressed?
1: Well, again, I I watch the baby at the breast. I uh, help the mother with the latching on, and sometimes uh, the, you know, hands-on. I don't, uh, you know, I don't sort of do it at the end of the table or the bed. And uh, I do that. And if the baby still is not drinking well, if the mother is still having pain, then we have to go to the next step, which is maybe we do have to uh, uh, supplement the baby. But we do not supplement the babies with bottles or cups or finger feedings unless the baby does not latch on. If the baby is latching on and the baby really, in my opinion, needs to be supplemented, then we will do it. And we will do it with a tube at the breast, with what I call a lactation aid. It's done at the breast. And um, it allows the baby to stay at the breast, to continue breastfeeding and get milk from the breast, but at the same time the baby gets supplemented. And in the first few days, most babies, the vast majority of babies do not need formula supplementation. What they need is just a little bit of extra fluid. And that extra fluid... you know, can be just plain glucose water. I know, I know, people say that that can't be done, but I'm telling you it can be done. (laughs) And it's been done since, uh, you know, it's been done for years before, about 20 years ago, when everybody said, oh, it's got to be formula in the first few days. No, it doesn't. Uh, 5% glucose water contains nothing that isn't in breast milk, whereas formula contains all sorts of stuff that's not in breast milk, and breast milk, of course, contains lots of stuff that's not in formula. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, and... It makes sense if you think about it that way. Like if you're going to give something external, give something that doesn't have a bunch of chemicals and, and other additions to it. Um, exactly. And so, so the tubes—they're just. Can you describe them a little bit?
1: Well, uh, we have. Uh we have a video on our website too that shows what's called inserting lactation aid and uh the tube is uh you don't see the container that contains in this case it does contain formula because the baby is about I can't remember I think is about 4 or 5 weeks old uh but it does contain formula unfortunately the mother has been using it for most of the time the baby was born and uh so we uh so we have a container it has a supplement uh, in some cases it's uh, the sugar water if the baby is under three or four days of old of age uh, its formula if the mother doesn't have any express milk or it's her express milk and in some cases it's donated breast milk from a uh, you know human milk for human uh, uh, babies and uh, it's a so we have the container and from the container there's a tube that is a long flexible tube that enters into the baby's mouth while the baby is on the breast. And I would recommend that people go to our website and see that one that's called Inserting Lactation Aid because it also shows how to avoid bottles, finger feeding, spoon feeding, cup feeding. Any feeding off the breast is not as good as breastfeeding uh, and supplementing at the breast.
0: Mm-hmm. and I, I and I will recommend that everybody go and uh, to your website and I will put the information on in the show notes because your videos are fantastic and I've've used them a lot just to show um, in my postpartum preparation classes what a good feeder looks like and what a nibbler look like looks like and and it's it's a wealth of information so yeah definitely thank you for having those having made those um
1: and sorry i was just going to say yeah. and we now have uh the text that explain what the videos show we now have them in two, uh 22 different languages so if you know if the people that uh that are listening or the people that are uh, advising mothers uh uh, feel that uh, the mother would be more comfortable uh, reading in, say, Greek, which is our newest language added, or uh, Chinese, then the uh, the 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 texts are uh, available in Chinese. It's avail they're available in Greek. They're available in uh, German, whatever.
0: That's fantastic. That's so good. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to go check it out. Oh, the languages I hadn't seen them. Um, so basically, to to v- summarize, if a mom is having any kind of pain and the baby is not latching well, then no matter what kind of advice that mom has gotten, the idea is that she should continue looking for better advice.
1: Absolutely. And the sooner the better. I mean, uh, so what is so discouraging for us when we are at the clinic? Is that we uh, see so many mothers who are coming in for the first time to see us, you know, uh, six weeks after the baby is born or even longer than that. I mean, I believe very strongly. I mean, a lot of these mothers get a lot better. I mean, you know, they, 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 they the pain goes away. We manage to fix the insufficient milk supply and all the rest of the stuff that they're coming in for. But boy, it would have been so much easier if we had seen them when the baby was five or six days old instead of six weeks or eight weeks or ten weeks old.
0: Mm-hmm, because then the problem has snowballed from maybe like a bad latch to bad latch with uh, milk supply problems and transfer problems, and would you say? Exactly. Yeah. So moms need to get there in quick and know that their intuition, if it shouldn't hurt, and if it's hurting, then keep at it. Keep working instead of just, oh, the doctor just said, you know, I need to supplement. Yeah,
1: just tough it out. Yeah, you just tough it out. I mean, uh, you know, and and I have to say that uh, uh, you know, if pediatricians are honest, they will admit that they learned absolutely nothing about breastfeeding in their entire training. Most pediatricians wouldn't know a good latch if they uh, fell over it. They wouldn't know if a baby's getting milk, and they often don't even want to know. And much, and you know, and many pediatricians and family doctors. I'm not uh, (laughs) a. I'm talking about everybody, obstetricians as well uh... get most of their infant feeding information from formula companies
0: mm-hmm. and that's what makes it the normal
1: that's what makes it the normal and that's what makes it so wrong because <laughs> feeding a baby formula in a bottle is nothing like breastfeeding and i don't care who many how many people are going to write in and say dr. Newman is a uh, anti-bottle yes i am actually an uh, anti-bottle and unfortunately and i should put this to anybody who is listening is that what the one thing that will make breastfeeding work better in the United States is that women get decent maternity leave. It's appalling. You're probably amongst the worst in the whole world with regard to maternity leave, and the people that are most against uh, extending the maternity leave are the, those politicians who never stop talking about family values. Uh, it, it's appalling. Uh, your northern neighbor, that's Canada, uh, mothers have one year maternity leave and if that's the case they never need to use formula they never well i mean unless they're having difficulties with breastfeeding but if they're breastfeeding fine they never have to use a bottle they never have to use formula they just they never have to pump for goodness sakes because you know and a one-year-old baby will breastfeed when she, mother's there and eat solids when the mother's not there and drink from a open cup uh it's just a whole different situation. And we're not even the best in the world. There are countries where um, mothers get, you know, three years maternity leave and 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 stipulations such as uh, a breastfeeding mother in the first three years of life, even if she returns to work before three years, is not allowed to do night shifts, for example.
0: Mm-hmm yeah um we, we agree that our maternity care our maternity leave is appalling and on top of that is not pay it's unpaid leave.
1: That's right. that's right. So you know, many mothers, I mean a Canadian mothers get some money. It's not huge, uh, but they get something and is, you know and but it does become an issue if the mother is the only uh, breadwinner. Uh, if she's a single mother, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But if she's not the only breadwinner in the uh, family, then uh, I think the maximum is about $550 a week. So, you know, in Toronto, you can't live on 2000 uh, 2,000, whatever mm-hmm. that, that works out to be a month. It's very difficult to live on that sort of money, you, you know. Uh, but if somebody else is earning money, then it works. Uh, so it's not perfect by any means.
0: Better than here, though.
1: <laughs> Better than in the U.S. Yes. yes
0: sure. um, one last thing before we go that I wanted to, because I see this being another, just as obsessive as the, the focus on the weight, um, leading to formula feeding, the issue of jaundice. If the baby develops jaundice, that makes him or her a little more sleepy and has a hard job. Ja- like, what is your best recommendations for moms who have a baby that has jaundice
1: everything i just said uh the thing is if a baby gets higher than average bilirubin levels that's the you know that's what causes the jaundice is the bilirubin uh in the first few days it's usually because the baby's not breastfeeding well so that the baby doesn't need and 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 we sort of you know, get this idea that formula is the answer to everything. So the baby gets formula, the bilirubin comes, uh, the jaundice decreases, right? But that's not because there's something magical about formula. It's because the baby wasn't breastfeeding well enough. And so the first thing to do is not give the baby formula. The best first thing to do is to get that baby breastfeeding well. In fact, there is uh, at least one study that came from uh, Italy that show that breastfeeding babies actually have lower bilirubins in the first three days after birth than formula-fed babies. And that's because uh, breast milk is a laxative and makes the baby poop more, and the bilirubin that ends up uh, normally in the uh, gut is pooped out instead of being reabsorbed into the baby. So if a baby is breastfeeding well, then it doesn't matter if the bilirubin is whatever. Uh, unless it's caused by something like a breakdown of red cells. That's a whole different story. But if it's the the vast majority of babies who have uh, a little bit of jaundice after birth, uh, it's because they're not breastfeeding as well as they could be. The long-term issue of a baby who is uh, breastfeeding exclusively and say, at uh, a month has a bilirubin of, I don't know, 10 or 11, whatever, say even higher, 15, If that baby is breastfeeding exclusively and gaining weight well, and there's no uh, and drinking well from the breast, and there's no obvious reason why this baby should have uh, a higher uh, that sort of bilirubin, then it's normal. It's normal for exclusively breastfed babies to be jaundiced not just for a few weeks but actually for you know uh, three or four months we have to make sure there's no liver disease we have to make sure that the baby's not hemolyzing that is breaking down red cells but it's normal to be jaundiced and we know now that bilirubin is an antioxidant everybody is hot on antioxidants uh, you know, people are eating kale, which I, I can't even understand why they do I that. I love it's,
0: it's kale. Terrible.
1: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, kale's fine. Uh, you know, so they're e- they're eating all these antioxidants when the babies are getting it normally by breastfeeding. <laughs> and so, again, this is an, uh, this is an example of we use the formula-fed baby as our model of normal, mm-hmm. and formula-fed babies are rarely jaundiced at a month. So. Mm -hmm. But breastfed babies are not infrequently jaundiced in a month. So who's the normal baby? The normal baby is the one that's drinking what normal babies are supposed to be drinking, and that is breast milk. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep, yep. So if mamas, if the listeners want to get in contact with you or know more or get your videos, where do they have to go?
1: Okay, so our website is www.breastfeedinginc, so breastfeedinginc.
0: Wait, parenthesis, interruption, whatever you want to call it. This is part of the updating of this episode. Jack's website has changed and is now ibconline.ca. Okay.
1: .ca, so CA is for Canada. And if they want to get to me, they go to, uh, they, they click Contact Us, there's four or five questions, I can't remember how many exactly that they need to answer, and then they send, and I will respond. Uh, if they want to see our videos, then they just you know there's a, there's a button there for videos and uh, uh, there's uh, some information sheets as well. Uh, and we have some information sheets in a few other languages, but not very many. Um, mostly I think the video clips are the best thing that they can get to.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are. They're fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, I think the new version of my book is uh, also very good.
0: And that's the for the revised edition of. This is the
1: re- yeah, which came out in June of uh, two
0: thousand and fourteen. Of of so they would be looking for Dr. Jack Newman's. Um...
1: Yeah, it's actually called Dr. Jack Newman's Guide to Breastfeeding. Yes.
0: And they can also, you know, I've got to say that you're very quick and very good at replying when somebody submits um, a comment to or a question to your website so they can get answers that way as well.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Thank you, Jack, so much for being on the show today. This has been great. And thank you for all your tangents because they are invaluable.
1: Thank you, Adriana.
0: Mighty Ones, find the in-depth show notes for this episode at birthful.com, where you can also learn more about me, the show, Patreon member, benefits, send me messages, and more. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin MacLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to a mighty parent as they share their amazing story here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so very much for listening.